Welcome everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziggler Show, inspired by the grandfather of inspiration himself, Zig Ziggler. Our focus here is pure and simple, personal growth and change. In this episode, break your predictive behavior to ignite your brain. A key to a great story, plot, or comedy routine is to take people along a predictive path and then disrupt it. Our human nature loves this because it ignites pleasurable feelings in our brain and in our mind. Well, master of communication who led us through some of the ways to leverage prediction is Jared Cooney Horvath, our main guest in episode 731. This is our habits show, and in the mental spoke, Jared shared a common tactic he uses is to break his own predictive patterns so as to foster that programming and ignition for his brain. I mean, what a simple and effective tactic. We generally want to find a routine we like and take the ease of sticking to it. And in some regards, this is good as we can be on autopilot and free our mind up for other thinking and tasks. But if we completely routinize our lives, we can become stagnant and complacent. I once had a friend dealing with OCD who was charged by her therapist to drive a different way home each day from work. She about blew a gasket, not taking her tried and true path, but it helped do the trick and to help wake her mind up to other possibilities. Well, this spoke and the others of the Ziggler Wheel of Life for Jared's personal habits is in this show. And you can find Jared's book, Stop Talking, Start Influencing, 12 Messages from Brain Science to Make Your Message Stick on Amazon or wherever you buy books. Another thank you, folks, for the influx of listeners like you who keep sharing these shows with others on social media. Uh, you can continue to do that. Find the shows to share and join these weekly conversations that we also have if you find me on Facebook at Agent K. Miller. All right, Jared Cooney Horvath is coming to you right after I share some products and services I've curated for you. Okay, well, here is our habits show, uh, Jared, Dr. Jared, as we were just laughing about, but you are, and uh, that's, that's it. So uh, from your lifestyle, we want to hear what's behind the scenes. So number one, physical nutrition. Tell us about that side of your daily habits in life. Uh, nutrition, I've lucked out. I've got a good wife on that front. <laughs> so she handles the nutrition, the nutrition side of things. Um, now, before I met her, actually, I, I ate the exact same thing every day. Probably, I, we did calculate for about 12 years, I wow. ate the same thing. And it's, it's just one of those, I think I heard a story where um, Steve Jobs used to wear the same thing every day just because he couldn't, didn't want to waste any time thinking about his clothes. Right. That's why that's kind of how I always felt about food It was the less I had to think about it, the better. Um, but since she now takes care of it, it's usually all just healthy, a meat or a fish and veg. And she does as much organic as she can. Um, and I'll cook three nights a week. She'll get all the ingredients. I'll cook three nights a week. She'll cook three nights a week. Then we go out nice. So try our best to be healthy. She's good on that front. Won't let me get away with things. Um, and then the exercise stuff, I try and I have a dog who is, She's part terrier, part pug. So the pug, she's sweet, but the terrier means she's got to run. So I'm out running with her probably three days a week just because if, if I don't, the house is a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and then I try and get to the gym twice to lift weights. But yeah. pretty simple. I put in good stuff, move the body around every once in a while. Beauty. Nothing, nothing crazy. That often does it. Well, family and friends, what are the – now obviously you're married, but the things that you're doing just to keep those relationships healthy. Yeah, this is, and this is one where I 
reckon I struggle quite a bit because I live on the other side of the world. My family outside of my wife um, all lives in the U.S. still, but I'm just down in, in Australia now. So keeping in touch with them has proved to be pretty rough. Um, try and Skype every once in a while, but I, I really want to do more on that front. But what's good is I get along with my in-laws here. So we usually do dinner every couple of weeks with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And every night I, I pet my wife's, we usually start with the foot. So we do 15 minutes of foot massage, 15 minutes of hair petting before bed every night. So that's where we get to just sit down and relax, take my dog out. And the friends thing, that's, that's my probably weakest point. I'm, I'm one of those guys where I just wouldn't say I have all that many friends and, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm very solitary yeah well you travel a decent bit as well don't you it seems like yeah and when you when you're on the road it's uh you've have you ever traveled for work been on the road uh-huh. uh not that much not not a whole lot huh so you, it's when you do it it's it looks good on paper but when you're really there it's yeah. it's pretty much work you, you they'll take you out to breakfast take you out to dinner and you've got to kind of be on so yeah. I, I see people a lot but yeah when i'm home i t- I, t- I just pretty much like to be by myself with my wife and my dog yeah. that's enough for me hey man i understand that well how about uh on the mental side and i know this is an arena that you work in it's part of your vocation so uh just what you do for your own mental fitness wellness and i i luck out very much with that is like you said my job is learning mm-hmm. um so i i i'm lucky that i get i i'm always reading talking to people learning new things and that's I, you want a healthy brain till the day you die barring disorders. So right. Alzheimer's, frontotemporal dementia, those those things are going to be totally different ball game. Disorders aside, the, the key to a healthy brain is just novelty, is learning, is keep breaking your predictions and doing new things. So it's not, if you do a sodaku every day, if you do crossword every day, that's routine. Your brain is going to start to deteriorate when you're 65. Routine is killer. So I'm lucky I get to just learn every day. Um, but so what I try, what I do, what keeps me sane then is Whenever I'm doing my own reading, it's all sci-fi fantasy fiction. Is if I didn't have one sci-fi or fiction book with me at all times, I'd lose my mind. You can only do science so much during the day. So every night I got at least 10 pages minimum of some total random sci-fi book. And I just, I love that. That's what keeps me saying. It's so funny because my business partner and best friend who's a doc, that's his gig. He's constantly giving me his cast off uh, book and it's oftentimes some scientist and it goes so far. I, I'll read, you know, partway. I, I have no idea what they're talking about. Just, <laughs> so it must be a doctor thing, but man, I, I, you said something, uh, you have no idea. I bet, but in reading the book, I posted online today. And I think that this was, eh, I'm not that quick to get back into your book. It was, um, maybe the quote at the beginning of a chapter. And yeah. it said, if you think adventure is dangerous, Try routine. It is lethal by, what was it? Paolo. Paolo Coelho. There you go. I posted it on Facebook and said, thanks to you. And I tagged you on it uh, for that. I, beautiful, beautiful thing. Because yeah, I was going to say, there's, I, I know people, when you talk about brain health, and I know through my wife, the power of cognitive training, but it is not doing just what you said, routine. Even if it's a brilliant thing, if you do it every day, it is routine and it's going back to our first show. And folks, if you didn't hear that show 731 and it's the, well, you talked about errors, uh, breaking the prediction. Yep, yeah. Okay. That's and that's, that's yeah. it. You want a healthy brain, break your predictions. You've got to be doing something new. We, we do this. So measure brain, what we'll, we'll call synaptic density. So we'll just use that as a vague okay. measure for brain health. 
So as adults now, we're just kind of coasting. Sweet. What we tended to find was at 65, we would just get this dip. Everything would just decline until that inevitable senescence and death. Ah, And we used to think it's just biological. You're getting older. Sorry, the telomeres are running out. Your brain's going away. And then we realized it's purely sociological. What do most people do at the age of 65? Slow down. Yeah. Bingo. Retire, get into a routine, play golf in the morning, watch Matlock in the afternoon, uh, hometown buffet at 4.30, bed by 6. Boom. Sounds brilliant, actually, to me right now. But, <laughs> but once yeah. the, the routine was the thing that was causing the brain to dip off. So how do you keep the brain healthy? We found out that the brain will stay at normal adult levels indefinitely. Your body will give out far longer be- before your brain does. It'll stay at that level so long as you just keep learning, doing new things, which we had when you're working before you retire, that's typically all we're doing is we're learning, getting new projects, getting new problems, solving new unexpected things. So as long as you keep doing that up until learn a new language, play a new sport, pick up an instrument, whatever it's got to be, that's going to keep the brain. I, I love it. Well, and I'll throw in there. Yeah. Even on the physical side, we see the same thing. You get older and you have that first twinge of, Oh, something got weak. And what do you start doing it? You, you start protecting it and you, pre- yeah. you put, just think about a cast, put that on your arm, you start protecting it and it atrophies and you just by proxy get weaker as opposed to going, man, I'm, you know, 50, 55 years old. I just got a knee pain. I need to fix that thing, start working it out and get back up to speed, not protect it. And then I'm going downhill. Which is what we do on, on with stroke patients as well now. Um, so we call it forced use. And we did it. We've done wow. it with blind people too. We've done it. But what tended to happen was, let's say you get a, a stroke in, and you lose muscular function on one side of your body. Cool. We tend to say, okay, let's do some rehab on it. After six weeks, what you got is what you got. And we now know, we say, well, no, if you've, if you've got it in you, what we'll do is for the next, say, six months of your life, we'll tie up your good arm. So you're oh, left wow. with nothing but your bad arm and watch as that arm starts to come back online. Why? Wow. Because the, the brain, the big secret about the brain that no, everyone kind of knows, but no one really talks about is the brain is the most passive thing in the universe. The brain is not active. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't drive you. We always say my brain makes me do this. Your brain doesn't do anything. Your brain simply responds and adapts to what you ask of it. Wow. So have a bung arm cool never use it again the brain adapts and says clearly you don't need any of this have a bung arm and force yourself to keep using it again and again the brain goes well clearly he wants to use that arm let's bring that back and we've done this so this is if you ever heard of the term plasticity the fact that the brain changes this shows you how deep we used to think oh if i learn something it changed no it's constantly changing there's no pattern in there that it can't do so we had a woman who (laughs) she was 95 percent blind in this eye Um, But she still had some afferent fibers going back to this brain. So she could see about 5%. And it was because she had no, this half of her brain was totally gone. She was missing her entire right hemisphere. So there was just nothing for the left eye to do. So what did we do? We covered up her good eye. And for hours a day, this is why most people don't do it, is it takes a lot of work. Hours a day, she would just draw doodles using her bad eye. And we mapped the back of her eye over the course of two years while the cells started to change directions and she built a whole new pathway. Now she has, I think, 80% vision out of this eye. And it's all because the brain is passive. The brain's like, well, you really want to see out of it? Fine, here you go. Keep working it. The brain will adapt to whatever you ask it to do. Which is, that could be a whole show in itself. Just talking about how the brain actually adapts to us. It's, it's fascinating topic. It would be, and you're going to appreciate this. So my wife works with Gibson Institute of Cognitive Research 
and uh, I'm trying to look and find their Facebook page. I'm not that quick. They just published uh, a big video because they had a bunch of, uh, you know, academia stuff around it that you know of and white papers yeah. and all that, whatever they do, the scientific <laughs> published journals, all that kind of stuff uh, about this guy who had traumatic brain injury, uh, really, really harsh. And he went through this course with them and how he's come back up and he has relearned yeah. and re, as you said, regrown new paths and yada, yada. Uh, so that is great. I love, I just love the commentary on routine, which going back again to the first show, I mean, the, there's, there's a place for it. Like we talked about the, the, the road idea. If we want to drive through Kansas, it's a great time to utilize the straight road and the predictive nature to d- daydream and to think of great ideas. Um, yeah. you can't do that when you're driving through the mountains of Colorado. And if you go off that guardrail, you're going to plummet to your death. You got to keep on task and you're going to notice the beauty and the glory uh, around you, which I love two different things. Uh, depends on what you want. <laughs> Know your purpose, know, know your, your function, purpose. and and play accordingly. Ah, love it. All right, man. Next uh, spoke number four is the financial spoke. So, what do you do on the financial spoke? <laughs> I give it to my wife. Okay. I, let, I let her handle all that. <laughs> now, I um, I for a long time I was very. This is one of those weird things where I just kind of like the food. I just never thought about it. Yeah. So far as I'm concerned, financial. When it comes to making money, money follows like night follows day. So long as you're working, money's coming your way. It's, it's always there. I never thought about it. I never feared it. It was just always coming in. Um, I think the only rule I've ever had is if you don't have it, you don't spend it. So yeah. I don't have any debt. I've never had a credit card. I've never, if I make it, cool, I can spend it. If I want something, cool, earn it and go buy it. And that's just how I've always played. And for whatever reason, I've always found the universe. As soon as I need something, something comes up every time if i uh oh i'm i really want to go buy or i just got a parking ticket and i need to pay this off which i don't have the money watch when somebody calls and says hey can you come give a lecture and we'll pay you exactly the amount of money that your parking ticket is that's how my life i've just because i've never really worried about it i've always find that it just kind of ticks and takes care of itself and i think i maybe on the back side of that is then i feel like i don't really want much in that realm um and maybe that's why it's like i don't I, I've never been, I don't need to be a millionaire. I don't care. Uh, I have my nice little junker car, which I'm sitting in now. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> Doing my, running off my, my cell phone battery here, but it's, it, I, and I've got a, an apartment that I rent that's big enough for my dog and me and my wife. And we go to, I don't, man, I'm, so I, I've never had aspirations to, to go to have more. I have exactly what I need. So it's been pretty cruisy for me. You are listening to The Ziggler Show, and this is our Habits episode with Jared Cooney Horvath. Next, we have the spiritual spoken. He talks about his prayer ritual, which as a scientist, he realizes is surprising to some people. But he goes so far as to admit he feels that if there wasn't something bigger than him, what would be the point? I'll bring that to you right after sharing some valuable products and services I think may be very very relevant for you. All right, Jared, the next spoke is spiritual. Tell us about that side. Uh, now, this, this one's a big one for me. So I, I try and um, – raised Catholic, so I still try and go to church. Um, I don't know if it's Catholic church. I think it's a, it's a Christian church here. I try and get to church every week um, praying. That's my meditation for whatever – praying is when I get really locked in and I get answers and I get – I feel good. 
And there's something about the tradition and actually being in the setting and actually going through the motions of standing, of kneeling, and actually going through that traditional physical routine that helps yeah. me actually lock in. Um, so I'm, I'm keen on that, It's which is funny because I think a lot of people think if you're a scientist, you must not be spiritual. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> for the most part, most of us are. I think you've got the real vocal minority, um, the Richard Dawkins and the Christopher Hitchens, these people who speak out heavily on the new atheism stage. But for the most part, I think all of us still think, okay, there's got to be something bigger than us out there. We're not finding the ultimate truth. We're just finding details and data. So I try and every morning I think about it when I'm in the shower, I do my little prayers for my family. And then every week I try and try and get out. That's, that's big for me. If I didn't have something bigger than me, what would be the point? I just, I exactly. I am I'm with you on that. And I appreciate that yeah, on, on the, you, know, you talk about the traditional aspect of it, which, uh, you know, liturgical is how they would, you know, call a, a church like that. And we have so few churches that still do that. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Catholic does, but yeah, I appreciate that. And it's, it's what we see in so many movie depictions of religion and stuff. We see the tradition. I think we kind of poo poo it, but I think it has great value as well. There's something about it's it's going through the motions that actually gets me into that zone. That's great. Where I feel like and and I whether the the motions themselves, I like I don't know if they're accurate or if they were meant to do that, but I, I something about that tradition connects me deeper to the thousands of years maybe that we've been doing this, and that just helps me really feel like I'm part of something else. Yeah. Got it. Well, hey, the next one is career here. And obviously you are teaching. I assume that's your, uh, you know, understand that's your primary thing, but now you've also got the book out and you're traveling and speaking. So what are you doing to keep your career where you want it to be? Um, When it comes to career, my only advice is just is work is get out there and do the work and um, never put yourself to on, on a pedestal. If you have an opportunity, I've so far in my life, I've said, I say no to nothing. If I have an opportunity to speak to two people in a room, I'll more than happy to go teach and learn with them. Say yes to everything and know, know the big points and avoid the small points. Um, the people I see who tend to succeed. So now, now when, when you go do teaching international, there's, there's about 12 people in education who you just keep bumping into And the one thing that they'll say about all 12 of us is no one works harder than they do. We just work. We, we get out there and teach because that's what we want to do. The one thing none of us do is any of the other stuff. <laughs> like we don't, I, I, I've, I've got a, a friend right now who wants to start his own business. And so he's been spending two months putting together the website and doing, um, getting his business cards right, making sure he has the right logo and the right t-shirt. And the one thing he hasn't done is the freaking business. Go do it. (laughs) Let the other 20% take care of itself. Do the big work. Don't do the small work. And so as I think a lot of people can get caught up in kind of the grunt work all around looking for that big hit. Like once it hits, it's going to take off magically. Nothing will. Build your house brick by brick. Do the big work and then do all the, the, the cute stuff on, on the side when it's necessary. I've made it, 14 years without ever having a business card yeah. and it's not that people don't ask for it. I just, cause I, you know, I'm, no, don't worry. I don't, I don't have one. I don't have time to, to think about that. I'm, I'm working right now. I'm writing, I'm thinking, I'm teaching. So Love get it. out there and just work. Love it. 
All right. Last one is personal. And this is the one where I've generally historically talked about, you know, what do you do just for you, the play, the whatever, but I've also started putting in there the self-care, the things that you do to keep yourself, you know, whole and, and feeling good. Yeah. So here's sports. <laughs> I don't play them. I watch them and I listen to them. So I always have, I'm from Pittsburgh originally. Um, so I'll always have the Penguins game on the internet in my ear if they're playing. Um, I'll always watch the replay of the Steelers game. I'm really into Australians have a ton of sports on here. So every weekend yeah. I'll just sit down and, and that's it is if, if I get to actually just dedicate two hours to watching a sports match, usually that resets me and I'm fine. I can do whatever I got to do for the rest of the week. Yeah. So that's my, that's my recharge time. Okay. And my, my wife knows it too. She, she hates sports. So there were a couple of years where she couldn't quite understand it. And now she realizes just give him those two hours yeah. and he'll come back totally recharged. So I, that's, I, it, it, I it, so I guess it doesn't have to be sports for other people, but it's, it could be TV shows could be reading. But for me, that's, that's my bag watching, people hit each other i guess that's slam <laughs> into each other uh, over a ball that's a new one for the personal <laughs> spoke so i appreciate that why he watches i may headline it with that watch people hit each other to get recharged uh that's, <laughs> that's horrible sounding no, I no over it. over us to get points there's right, a reason right, for right. it you need those points darn it well it's back that's to the first I, show cause and effect it's a narrative and this is why I, I always kind of giggles like sometimes my teams do well sometimes they don't but i just love the season people say like hockey there's 82 games in a season they say don't you get bored i said no i get bored when it's over yeah like the the big it's like a, a car race the yeah. fun is when they're actually racing when you hit the finish line everyone packs up and goes home yeah so i just i don't the competition of any sport any game as it's having cricket what could be more boring than cricket but it's huge down here in australia and my good i could watch six hours of it because it's just compelling to watch people doing their thing that they're passionate about compete over it and, and just just get lost in it. My, my kids were just looking it up. Uh, I think yesterday, the day before, most popular sports watched, and it was uh, cricket. I think was number two. Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. <laughs> go figure. If you think if you think baseball is dull, cricket to watch anyway has got to be oh ten times worse. But for whatever oh, reason, I guess it's when you see people in their element. I remember I was um when I was growing up. It, it's going to sound I don't know if it sounds meaner, but there was there was a girl I went to high school with, and and she just was there, but no one really knew her. She was just kind of a quiet, unassuming girl and cool. And then one day during talent show, she got up and played piano, and that was no one knew that she could play. And it was, and in this, she starts playing the piano, and it was just fascinating to mm. watch everyone just suddenly recognize this woman. And now she she became the most popular girl in school, and it was because wow. when you saw her in her element you recognize that, wow, this person is amazing. And I don't know if that's selfish of the world to need that, but I don't know when you see somebody do what they're really love and passionate about, how can you not feel inspired? And that's what sports does for me. It makes me want to go out and do a little bit better. That that's a great line on it, man. Thank you for sharing with us and giving us a behind the scenes look at just the day to day that helps you produce the art that we're a grateful beneficiary of. Thanks, Jared. Thank you. Well, great sharing from Jared Cooney Horvath and his personal habits for success. Again, Jared's book, Stop Talking, Start Influencing 12 Messages from Brain Science to Make Your Message Stick is on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Coming up in episode 734, 
be becoming the core of your personal achievement. This is a special edition show in place of our normal Q&A show. Folks, your days, our days, my days are not neutral. They are constantly forming us into the person we will be tomorrow and ongoing. And as much as I and my peers in personal development like to offer a one true holy grail of what will establish, establish our lives for the better, it doesn't specifically exist. But there are some fundamental and foundational awarenesses, if I can say that, you must have for your greatest personal success. Hearing them in this show won't solve anything if you don't do something about them. However, being aware is truly the start. There's very little chance you thought out what you want in the primary areas of your life that we're going to talk about. If you have, and as you'll hear in the show, I never really did either. I was brought up on goal planning and planning out your year and investing for your future. I didn't do it. Not really any of it. And I wish I had. And the reason for this special edition show is due to a poignant event in my own life, which I'll share in the show right up front. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.